We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It is Friday, October 1st, 2021. Alex Berutha here with Shannon McEwen, and subbing in for Ken K. Train Kreitz is Mike Barner. Man, going, subbing in for Ken. I, I am honored to be on again, and filling in for Ken, I know I have to do three things. I have to talk about the Celtics. Uh, I have to give out a Tommy point here or there. Uh, I should probably highlight the Washington Bullets at some point. Uh, and I have to do an old man rant at the end. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure to get our uh, our Wes Unseld points in and, and <laughs> maybe talk some old school John Wall. Um, okay, let's just jump right into the news. Actually, before that, uh, first preseason game starts Sunday. Uh, regular season starts on the 19th. So we're very close to the start of the NBA season. Reminder to everybody listening, please uh, check out the Rotowire draft kit uh, to prepare for your upcoming drafts. We have tons of information on there. We just recently got ADP data from ESPN, Yahoo, and CBS. We have all of our outlooks projections done, so that's all on there. But top news, Mitchell Robinson still doing only non-contact work. He's recovering from that foot injury that he suffered Last season, he still has no timetable for a return. Michael, kick this to you. Do you think it's worth drafting Nerlens Noel in the top 100? And what's the earliest you might take him? Yeah, I don't think I would. I mean, unless you're you're desperate for the defensive stats, uh, he does very little. Even when he was starting in place of Robinson last year, he does very little scoring. Even his rebounding numbers haven't been great. We all know Taj Gibson's still there. We all know Tibbs loves Taj Gibson. Um, so he'll lose some minutes there too. So I, I wouldn't take him inside the top 100. How about you, Shannon? Nah, I, I'm just not that interested in Nerlens. You know, like you said, he didn't do much when he started. Uh, I'm looking at a 44 game stretch here from mid February through late May, where he started about 98% of the games and he averaged 5.8 points, 6.9 rebounds. 1.2 1.2 steals and 2.3 blocks. So those defensive stats are certainly certainly have value. But outside of that, there's just not a lot to like there. 
And, and top 100 pick, there, there's too many guys who are across the board contributors that I'm going to target. Yeah, if you're a believer in the defensive stats sticking, I think there's an argument for it because he ranked 92nd last season in 24 minutes. But will he consistently see more than 24 minutes, especially once Mitchell Robinson is back? Probably not. Um, you know, I, I've i said this on pods before. I think there's an argument to take like Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel back to back in drafts and just, you know, roll with that as a center rotation or at least your second center. Um, but bigger news, Giannis uh, has not participated in the first two days of Bucks training camp. He is still in a significant amount of pain from the hyperextended left knee he suffered in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is about three months ago. He's presumably not been doing anything since then. Shannon, with this news, are you downgrading Giannis at all, just in terms of you think his games played might be down, his um, you know his minutes could be down? How are you? How are you reviewing this news? I, I'm not downgrading him yet. He is uh, pretty far, firm, like. Three to three to seven, three to eight range for me as far as where I'm drafting him. Um, if it's a best ball points based league, he's still my favorite guy at third overall uh, behind Jokic and Luca. Um, you know, in in leagues, yeah, rotisserie leagues where you're taking into account free throw percentage and things like that, he gets a slight downgrade, and I'm picking him, you know, six through eight depending on how things play out. Um, I need more. I need something more impactful to happen to actually downgrade him, though. I mean, at worst, you know, even if I knew he's missing the first week or two of the season, I don't think that I would drop him outside of the top 10. How about you, Mike? Uh, I'm a little worried. Uh, doesn't this kind of have the feel of like the Bucks won last year? Everything's awesome. Whatever happens this year happens. And if they need to rest him early, try and make sure he's ready for the playoffs. Maybe no back-to-backs. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little worried. I'm not sure if I have a pick in the front half of the draft. Unless it's a points league, like Shannon said. He's a big plus there. Um, I'd probably be trying to avoid him if I had a pick in the first half of a standard Roto League. Yeah, that's the boat I'm in. I'm relatively low on Giannis and Roto Leagues anyway. I think the free throw percentage is, is really harmful. Um and yeah, you said it, Mike, coming off the title, there's just no reason for them to be super aggressive with it. So I might, if you can get Giannis at nine or 10, I, I think pull the trigger any sooner than that. I think there are other guys who in that range you can, you can realistically take. All right. Mike, gotta, I, let me, let, ahead, let me, let me pose this question to you guys. Then we've got uh, Giannis is ranked sixth overall um, based on a standard Yahoo Sixth overall, according to our rankings, and his ADP on Yahoo's three. We have Jason Tatum ranked ninth. His ADP's 10 on Yahoo right now. So who are you picking in a rotisserie league, Giannis or Jason Tatum? If I'm filling in for Kent, don't I have to say Tatum? Go Boston! <laughs> right? I mean, uh, yeah, I think you got me there, Shannon. I, I think I'd probably take Giannis uh, unless we got some news closer to opening day that he's definitely like, let's say they say he's not going to play any both, you know, both games of back-to-back sets. Then I'd be nervous. Um, yeah. But I think you got me there, Shane. I'd probably go Giannis. Okay. I think I would too, but for the record, Tatum ranked 15th last season per game. And so if you assume some improvement, maybe he jumps to 12, 
Giannis missed games. I, it's it's not unreasonable. I mean, I think Tatum's one of the better dark horses for MVP. He's like twenty five to one. Um, clear the clear, clearly the best player on that Celtics team. So that's not going to be an easy choice. But we need more news. I think is what it comes down to. Well, I'm I'll I'll uh, I'll bring up Tatum and, and further this conversation a little bit because he he actually reached another level towards the end of last season. And, and if you go back and look at like his final 27 games, he was already averaging 30 points, eight rebounds over four assists, one steal, 3.3 three pointers, you know, with, with solid percentages, 48%, 89 from the line. I already think he's there. Um, I actually think if you're able to get Tatum anywhere in the back half of the first round, which you will, that's where he's going. And that's, that's where he should go. I'm not advocating for Tatum to get picked before Luka or Giannis or even Kevin Durant, but Tatum's legit. I, I think the difference between the top half of the first round and the bottom half of the first round is not as drastic and wide as it's been in past years. Cause a guy like Tatum will, I think his he'll produce very similar to these guys that are going top five. Yeah, his his last 28 games, which includes the playoffs against Brooklyn, he was 29.8 points, 7.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists with almost two combined steals and blocks. So again, and he's someone who's he's 23 years old. Like he's not even in his prime yet. So you have to assume some improvement there. I've, right, been, Mike. I've been a 23-year-old, and that's definitely his prime. <laughs> okay. Definitely his prime. <laughs> um we have kind of a grab bag of news, uh, just random stuff that's come through training camp. So I'm going to kick it to you, Mike. Just whatever sticks out to you, latch on and rift. Uh, we have uh, Al Horford making a quote-unquote huge case to start. <laughs> Zion is recovering from foot surgery. Eric Bledsoe is starting for the Clippers. Karis Levert dealing with a stress fracture in his back. And finally, Tyrese Maxey is working with the starters in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I already did my obligatory Celtics talk, so I won't talk about Horford. Um, I, I think the one that has me worried the most is the Levert injury. Um, he was great uh, last year on the Pacers. When healthy, he can be a really valuable fantasy option, but back stuff, I don't know. That makes me a little nervous. So that one uh, jumped out to me. If, if he misses any time, Brogdon's already a great option, um, but he'll have even more responsibilities if Levert's out. So that's something to keep an eye on. How about you, Shannon? Any thoughts on that or any other ones uh, of that group that you think stick out to you? Likewise, I'm very concerned about the back fracture with Levert. Um, I, I've dealt with back back issues myself, and uh, I'm I'm not a yeah. By no means am I an NBA level athlete uh, or a 27 year old. Um, but it's still worrisome for me. Uh, his, his ADP, he's dropped like 10 spots already in best ball drafts. Uh, since this news is hit, he'll probably drop, drop a little bit further. Um, I'm still taking a flyer on him just because the team, you know, in the initial report seems like it's, he's probably going to be ready for near sometime near the start of the regular season. So that makes me think it's not that, that troublesome. We'll see. Um, you know, Zion news, I'm not that worried about. The the, the starter starting news for Horford, Bledsoe, and Maxi definitely has me bumping all three of those um, up, up my cheat sheets. I mean, Horford, 
was very, very productive with the Celtics in the past. Um, and if he's locked in as a starter and playing 32 minutes per game, I mean, just look at last year and what he did last year when he actually played. Um, I think he's going to be an absolute steal in his current draft range of 125. Yeah, Horford ranked 73rd last season per game, 79th the year before that. So feels like if you can get him around there, um, not too bad to go ahead and take him. As far as that other news, yeah, I, you know, Tyrese Maxey, like you mentioned, gets a bump. Um, if you really don't like the Karis LeVert situation, I guess you could take a la- uh, late round last pick flyer on Jeremy Lamb. Maybe that's a deeper league thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and with Bledsoe, we, we should discuss Bledsoe just uh, briefly. You know, I was totally off of Bledsoe before the news hit that he's expected to start. I, I knew there was going to be a chance, but I also thought they might run with Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, uh, and George at the one, two, three. You know, Kawhi's out possibly for the whole season. Um, I don't think Bledsoe's necessarily in a better spot than he was last year with the Pelicans, but he's not in a worse spot. So, you know, if you're you you can you can find value in, in 12, 13 points, you know, three, four boards, three, four assists, um, some three pointers, some steals. There's value there. So if you're if you're picking Bledsoe or you need a guard who's going to see 30-plus minutes a game late in drafts. I mean, his ADP is 133 right now. I don't have an issue taking him there. It's it's not that bad. He's just kind of a guard filler towards the end of the draft for you. Okay, a word from our leading sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it is making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N. BET, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Try RotoWire free. Go to RotoWire.com forward slash try. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's hit on our main topic now, which is sleepers, uh, a topic that everybody in the fantasy industry loves. Uh, Mike, I had you prepare a handful of sleepers. Uh, there, there are a lot. We have ADP data now, so that makes things a little bit easier. But why don't you uh, kick one off for us? Sure. So when I consider a sleeper, because now there's so much fancy coverage out there, it's hard not to know completely about somebody. So what I consider to be a sleeper is someone that I think is going way too late in drafts. So when I compiled my sleepers, I tried to stay with guys that have been picked after outside the top 100 uh, in Yahoo who have the potential uh, to eventually be inside the top 100. So, but I did kind of cheat a little bit. I, I got one guy, uh, the first guy, his Yahoo ADP is 97. Uh, and that's Jakob Pertl of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, in 51 games as a starter last season, he averaged 9.8 points, 8.5 rebounds, two assists, and two blocks, uh, which is great. He shot 62.5% from the field. Uh, the downside is he did shoot 53, 55.3% from the free throw line. As weird as it is, the Spurs are a rebuilding team. Uh, he should start, play 30 minutes a night. His ADP, again, I said is 97. Look at some of the guys that are being drafted ahead of him. Uh, I would take him over all of these guys. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 87. Andre Drummond, 89. Uh, and Mr. Robinson we talked about earlier at 79. I would take Pirtle over all of them. Yeah, for what it's worth, I got Andre Drummond in the 13th round of my NFPKC draft, so I don't know why <laughs> yeah. he's going in the 80s. Um, and, like, I was fine with getting him in the 13th round. I was like, I'll take Drummond there. It's not a big deal. But, yeah, Pirtle, I'm, I'm completely with you on him. Um, towards the end of the year when he was he basically started all the games, he was consistently seeing high 20s, low 30s minutes. Um, one of the better shot blockers in the NBA, very kind of underrated in that aspect. High field goal percentage, guys. Free throw percentage is awful, but doesn't really take that money. Won't kill you. Um, Shannon, uh, who is on your list? Well, this isn't going to surprise anyone, but my top sleeper that I'm targeting is Killing Hayes, Detroit Pistons, 2020 first-round pick. They selected him seventh overall last year. You know, he got hurt just a handful of games into the season. Um, I missed a bunch of time, didn't return until early April, but I was encouraged enough with what I saw after his return. You know, I know th that first handful of games before his injury was rough, but you're, you're also talking about a 19 year old rookie, um, from overseas and, and, you know, there was going to be a learning curve, right? But once he returned, he played 28 minutes per game, averaged eight points, three rebounds, six assists, 1.4 steals. And, uh, Almost one three-pointer. Uh, free throw percentage was solid, 87%. Uh, field goal percentage, not so much, 38%. So it's just, I expect he'll be a more confident shooter in his second season. I think we'll see some growth from him. Um, I feel like he's being written off uh, with where he's currently drafted. He's 145 in Yahoo, uh, NFBKC, which they're usually higher. They sleepers and, and darts get drafted quite a bit earlier in that format. He's 155. So even in NFBKC, you can get him late. He is locked in as the starting point guard for the Pistons. Um, I would be surprised <clears throat> if he plays 
under 30 minutes per game. I think he's going to probably see 32 to 33 minutes per. And and with that, we should see 12, 13 points, four, five, four rebounds, five assists. You know, he's going to be able, he's got length. He's going to be able to get some steals. So it's just a matter of can he improve his shooting from the floor and, and from downtown. And, and I think we will see incremental growth, growth in those two areas. Yeah, I mean, we talk about uh, on on the show for literally years now. We've been talking about like second year point guards. Um, you know, point guard is the hardest position to play probably in the NBA. You get guys who are coming in as eighteen or nineteen year olds. We've had this discussion before about Darius Garland, De'Aaron Fox, um, other guys like that, and so that's why you know this this applies to guys like Killian Hayes who had a bad first season. This also applies in a different way to guys like Lamelo Ball who as 19 year olds had such an insane season that people are now willing to draft them in the twenties because yep. they figure like, what's the sky's the limit for this guy. And, and one other point, I know you brought this up in one of your videos this week, Al and Cade Cunningham. A lot of people think Cade's going to step in and be the point guard for the Pistons. Cade's not a point guard. If you watch him play, you'll, I mean, one, he's six, eight, two twenty, Uh, and he, and he's just, you can call him a guard. I honestly think he's more of a, a two, three wing player with, with ball handling skills, but he averaged more turnovers per game than assists in college. Four turnovers per game, 3.5 assists. Cade's not a guy that's going to facilitate offense in the level that you would expect, in the level that he's been hyped up. He will be able to do it eventually, but I think it's going to be like a second ball handler situation, like a, a T-Mac type guy rather than a, a pure point guard. Killian is the point guard for the Pistons, and he's going to get assists. Some are calling Cade Cunningham a supersized Will Barton. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my first sleeper, actually I have a prop for this, uh, is DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I have a rookie card of DeAndre Hunter's. Um, oh. ADP of 127 for DeAndre Hunter before his injury last season. Averaged 17.9 points, 5.6 rebounds, 2.3 assists. Altogether, he was the 50th best fantasy player on a per-game basis when he went down with his injury. Very easy to forget. He was the fourth overall pick in 2019 because he also had kind of an underwhelming rookie year. But last season was big in terms of he was getting to the basket. He was drawing fouls. He was doing more than just spot-up three-point shooting. He was helping them generate offense on his own. So... I have really high hopes uh, for DeAndre Hunter, and I think getting him at 127 would be an absolute steal because he was clearly a, showed top 50 upside last season. So um, I would feel comfortable taking him 70, 80, and obviously you can get him even later than that. Um, Mike, who is next on your list? I'll go with uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. His Yahoo ADP is 119. Uh, he improved in two key areas last season. Now, these numbers still aren't great, but the case is he showed improvement over his rookie season. Uh, he shot just under 42% from the field and just under 73% from the free throw line. His rookie season, he shot just under 37% from the field and under 68% from the free throw line. So that's pretty significant. Um, even in limited minutes last year, he only averaged 22 minutes a game. He still averaged 1.73 pointers, so that's good. Uh, no Lonzo Ball. Bledsoe's gone, we talked about. The Pelicans did bring in Devontae Graham, uh, but their starting positions are open here. Alexander Walker started 13 games last year, and in those starts, he averaged 19 points, 
five rebounds, three assists, and 3.13 pointers. He had a just under 25% usage rate in that role. If he starts again and it looks like he might, uh, he could be a real steal at that ADP. Absolutely agree with you there, Mike. I love Alexander Walker this year. You know, if this team didn't have Brandon Ingram and Zion, you know, if he was, if if Alexander Walker were on a team like, uh, yeah, like like the Thunder with with you know SGA last season, you know, he could take that type of leap. Um, I think he's that talented. He's had a couple of big games under his belt last season. Um, you know, there is some question as to whether or not he's going to earn a starting spot in the lineup, but I would have to assume he's the odds on favorite if, if Graham's going to start at point guard. So at two, maybe they go with Josh Hart, but I'm assuming Alexander Walker will be the guy and he'll be, yeah, he's still, he's going to have to compete with, with Ingram Zion and, and Valanchunas for, for touches on offense. So he might, I, I'm not expecting a huge jump to uh, 20 points per game, uh, but 15, 16 points is definitely doable. And if, if he doesn't start, you figure he's going to be their sixth yep. man off the bench. Absolutely. And, it, and if that's the case, he'll be jacking up shots like crazy. So yeah. I think I would prefer he starts um, because I'd like to secure minutes. But even if he's in the six-man role, I still think he'll play a lot and and he'd be jacking up shots like crazy off the bench. Agreed. Shannon, who's next for you? Daniel Gafford. He's uh, It's been announced he's going to start at center. For the Wizards, for Ken's Wizards. I'll, I'll take the Wizards talk for you. Uh, you know, with Thomas Bryant still still coming back from injury, uh, you have you have Montrez Harrell, who who is gonna get minutes, but uh I I you know he he's been deployed as a backup for so long. I think the Wizards, he, even though he's a, a newly acquired player, I, I believe the Wizards will be comfortable to bringing Harrell off the bench long term. Um I just think Gafford's going to be productive enough uh, with Brian out for the first month or two of the season that he'll stick in that role long-term. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play 35 minutes a game, but he's a guy who we saw it last year. If he's given 25 to 30 minutes, he can put up very productive lines. Um, gets get, He can get you lots of blocks. I mean, this is a guy who could average 10-7 and two blocks in, in just 27 minutes per game. Um, so I like him. He, he's currently going in the 110 range for Yahoo. Similar range um, for best ball drafts that I've been doing as well on sites like Underdog and DraftKings. Um, but uh, people are reaching on him. He's going higher and higher. His ADP in those best ball leagues have jumped from like 140 a couple weeks ago uh, to, you know, I see him drafted. I think I've seen him drafted as high as 90 in recent drafts. Gafford's been someone I've been on since I saw him in person at Summer League a few years ago, and I had no idea who he was whatsoever. And as, as I saw him out there for like five minutes, and I was like, this guy's got to get minutes somewhere in the NBA. Um, it took him a while, but now he's starting for the Wizards. Um, kind of unbelievable. Um, okay, uh, my next guy, uh, very familiar name, someone that I frequently take uh, in the you know, with my last pick, Will Barton, um, the poor man's Cade Cunningham. Uh, he's, <laughs> he, uh, <clears throat> he's being drafted in the 140s on Yahoo. Uh, this is mostly just Jamal Murray's injury. I think Will Barton takes on increased usage. 
Uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s potential for injury also pretty high. We all know about his medical situation. So if he ends up out as well, Will Barton becomes like the second best player on that team, or at least the second most talented scorer on that team. Um, and uh, finally, Barton, he's been a top 100 player three times in his career already. Topped out at 53rd four years ago. Now that was four years ago. And Barton himself has injury problems, but 143 is far too uh, late in drafts for someone that is going to probably see 30 minutes a game. It could easily average like 15, four and four. Um, Mike, who's next for you? Larry Nance Jr. Now of the Portland Trailblazers, his Yahoo ADP is 133. Now, I that that is never going to hold up. If it does, I'd be shocked. Right now, guys that are being drafted ahead of him, I hope everybody who's listening to this, if you're not sitting down, sit down. DeMarcus Cousins, 131, and DeAndre Jordan at 132. Have you looked at the Blazers bench? It is awful. He's going to play center, power forward, some small forward probably. If anybody gets hurt, and we know Nurkic has had an injury history, Cody Zeller, who they also brought in, he's had an injury history. I mean, Nance could play 30 minutes a night. Uh, he did have problems with his efficiency last year. He shot 47% from the field, but he had shot at least 52% in every previous season of his career. He's averaged at least 1.3 steals in four of the last five seasons, so he can help you out defensively as well. If, if you are lucky enough to get him that late in the draft, give yourself a high five and a pat on the back because you'll blow past that ADP. Yeah, agreed. I like Nance a lot. And, and this this is also a recommendation for pretty much anyone in the starting five for the Portland Trailblazers, even guys like Norman Powell, Covington. I feel like they're underdrafted on a lot of formats right now. Um, with that, the lack of depth in their bench, I expect – all five of those starters, if they, if they're healthy, they're going to get boatload boatloads of minutes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Their uh, backup wing options right now are Tony Snell and Ben McLemore. So keep that in <laughs> oh. mind. Uh, oh, <laughs> gosh. Shannon, uh, who is next on your list? Jaden McDaniels, Minnesota forward. Um, there's a good chance he starts at the four. Um, he got some starts there last season. Uh, he's going in around pick 135 on Yahoo. Um, there's just not a lot of competition for minutes. You know, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, Nas Reed, but Reed, Reed's a better fit at the five. Um, I don't see them playing Reed and Cat together very often. Um, you know, we could see something where maybe they go small and slide slide uh, Edwards up to the four and Beasley to the three. That would be, you know, or, or go with Torian Prince uh, at the four instead of McDaniels. I, I just, I think McDaniels showed enough last year. Um, he's got the ability to rack up some defensive stats. It's, it's not going to be mind blowing numbers, but there's going to be good, decent production for late in your draft and, and likely a lot of minutes. And, and I, you know, I will say James Anderson's really high on the guy. And when James Anderson's high on a guy who's getting drafted late, um, I think it's worth your while to put him on your, on your uh, cheat sheet. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one thing you can factor into that when considering McDaniels is that in his recruiting class in 2019, he was the seventh ranked player in his high school recruiting class. So there are guys who, for whatever reason, they slip in the draft. They had a bad first college season, whatever the reason ends up being, um, those guys can be kind of good 
flyers in drafts if they're going to see extended minutes because you never know when things are going to click for them. Um, okay, my last guy that I have on here, you guys cover, you're going to end up covering a lot of good guys who I also agree with, but <clears throat> Pascal Siakam, I know he's a little too big of a name for this to some extent, but his ADP on Yahoo is 68 which I think is just far too low. Um, we have him, so now he's recovering from shoulder surgery, but we have him projected, or they've said, that he will come back in early November. Um, and as a result, we have him projected to miss 19 games, but he still comes out ranked as the 32nd uh, player in our projections. And I, I just don't think you could, you, I don't think you can let him slip past 75. You know, the kind of guys you'd be getting at that point in the draft anyway. Um, Siakam, can easily return top 30 value and healthy. The Raptors are as bad as ever. Um, you know, their, their roster is very bare. They're going to play Sfima Hailuk like 26 minutes a game. Uh, so I just, I just think you can't let him slip as far as, as 68, which is where his ADP is. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on board with you. I, for NFBKC is gone as high as 55 and as low as 90. Uh, if you're able to get him in that 90 range, that's, that's insane. Um, he's, he's typically going between 60 and 60 or 60 and 70, um, in best ball drafts right now, which it, it just depends. I, it, the, the reason why he's dropped is because, of, because of the shoulder injury, but if he actually returns, we currently have him estimated return around November 1st. If he returns November 1st, absolute steal in that 60 to 70 range, absolute steal. Um, I've been grabbing him there a lot in recent drafts. Um, you know, he was going in the 40 to 45 range or before pick 50, uh, just a couple weeks ago. So people are definitely worried about the injury, but it's a shoulder. It, it seems like it's something he, you know, that all the reports are, are somewhat positive. They're not saying he's going to be back in Christmas. They're, they're saying he's just going to miss the first couple weeks of the season. Um, I'm with you, man. It's, it's an absolute steal and he's going to be a monster for the Raptors without Kyle Lowry there. You know, with without a true uh, a true number one center option, we don't know if Boucher or or, or Ken Birch is going to be starting at center. Uh, see, Ockham could get tons of minutes at center. He, he got minutes at center last season. You know, they could be running small ball with Scotty Barnes and and everyone else on that squad. They've got tons of wings. So I just I, I love them. I love them this year for fantasy, and that 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 draft day cost is just insane to me. Mike, who is next on your list? Reggie Jackson of the Clippers. His Yahoo ADP is 134. Another guy who I don't think his ADP will hold up uh, as the season gets closer. After Kawhi went down in the playoffs last year, Jackson averaged 38 minutes a game. Uh, and during that stretch, he averaged 21.4 points, 3.9 rebounds, 4.46, 1.6 steals, and three three-pointers. I mean, that's just insane. Now, there's no way he's going to play 38 minutes a game during the regular season, but he should be able to see 30 minutes a night. Still no Kawhi, who's going to be out for probably most of the season. Uh, he should have plenty of scoring opportunities. He can also help you with assists. Uh, prior to last year, he had averaged at least 4.1 assists in each of the previous seven seasons. So that late in the draft, if you get someone that impactful, uh, jump on. How high would you draft Reggie Jackson? I think he's can be someone that I would – I, I think I'd feel more comfortable taking him somewhere in the 105, 115 range. But I wouldn't if if your draft is playing out and just say you went heavy on big men and forwards early, 
and you're needing a guard and you're right around the hundredth pick. I mean, I'm not going to fault you for taking Reggie Jackson. The guy is going to take a lot of shots and he's going to help you with assists and he can help you with steals and threes. He's going to play a lot and I really like him. So yeah, I would, I'd even consider going that high. So here are some other guards going in that range on Yahoo. John Wall, Evan Fournier. Pass. Pass. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. That's comparable. Okay. And uh, I think Jaylen that's comparable. Sim- yeah. I, 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 I think it's a toss-up between uh, Schroeder and, and Jackson. Uh, and then Jalen Suggs. If you're going for high upside, you could, but I'd, I'd feel more comfortable with Jackson. I, yeah, I really I, like it to my own fault, but I really like Jackson this year. No, I, I think he's a very safe play, especially in that one. You know, if you're picking him 125 to 135 range, I, I think he's a very safe bet in there. Oh, yeah. um, but at the same time, I caution folks who are drafting him based on the playoff production. I just think yeah. the the addition of Bledsoe, you know, the the uh, Terrence Mann evolving, becoming a bigger part of the team. You know, he Terrence Mann had a couple of big playoff games. Uh, and then even guys like Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's pretty much an afterthought after the garbage season he had. But the the Clippers still paid him a lot of money. He's there for a while. I, I think they might try to get him um, better better woven into the rotation than he was last year because they didn't they didn't have a good way to really deploy him last season. Um, and that was one of the reasons why Jackson had to step up in the playoffs. So w- we'll see. I am cautiously optimistic that Jackson can uh can have eh, we'll, we'll say return to his his was last season in Detroit he averaged like 15 and four I think we can see that again I think that's very yeah. realistic I yeah. mean he's not going to play 38 minutes a game I think 30 is more likely right around yeah. there yeah. and 15 and four with more than a steal and a couple threes that's that's pretty good absolutely uh who's next for you Shannon I'll just uh, throw out two big men who I I see going late in drafts. Uh, James Wiseman, pick uh, 135 on Yahoo. Um, I want to double-check NFBKC as well. 149 in NFBKC. I've picked him a lot in like the 160 range uh, in best ball leagues. I know there's there's some injury concern with Wiseman, um, but I just – Overall, I'm just not going to write off a guy who was the the second overall pick um, <laughs> this early into his career. Um, yeah. You know, outside of yeah, most of the time, you know, these guys are going to actually be able to do something um, at, at, if they're drafted that high. They have that kind of pedigree. I, I know he wasn't uh, he wasn't that much fun to watch his rookie season, but he was 19. You know, he only played 21 minutes per. And he still put up 11 and a half, almost six rebounds and one block per game. Um, I think we're going to see improvements from him. Um, there's, like I mentioned, there are some injury concerns. There's no timetable, no firm timetable right now for his return from a knee injury. Um, but I, I think Wiseman's going to see a bigger role with the Warriors this year once he returns than he did last year. So I, I like picking him as a dart late in drafts if you need an extra big man. And then, and then Dwight Powell. Um, yeah, it was announced that he's probably going to be the starting center um, for the for the Mavericks. I'm not high on Dwight Powell, and there's a very good chance he starts and plays 15, 16 minutes per game, and we see the exact same production as last year. Um, but he, he's a guy also who 
If he gets 25 minutes per, he can, you know, and you're picking him with your last pick of the draft, which is where you can get him. Um, he'll have some value. He'll have some value. The, the, the question mark there is, does Moses Brown carve out a role and eventually supplant Powell? Yeah, I can't, I can't echo enough what you're saying about Wiseman, although uh, we should say, so his rookie year, right, you have, he basically didn't play any college. So he's coming essentially straight from high school. Um, he got no training camp because he, I think he caught COVID or was at least part of the protocols. And then, you know, dealt with injury and the weird fit in, in Golden State. They have such a system. He doesn't fit with Draymond. Everything that essentially could have went wrong did go wrong for Wiseman in his rookie year. And this year he's coming off of a meniscus tear. So he's not really getting a training camp either. So I think I, I agree with you. He's completely worth a, a late round flyer, but I'm someone who, even if he doesn't play well this year, I'm in on Wiseman long-term. I think if you have him in dynasty, if you're someone who's in the card hobby and you want his rookie cards, they're dirt cheap right now. Go ahead. If you think long-term, he ends up in a better situation. I think hop on that because like you said, really talented at the number two pick, um, gr- amazing athlete. I, I think it's, it's hard to not like his, his future in the NBA. Um, Mike, who is last on your list? Now, again, filling in for Ken, this might be considered a dull selection. Um, so I'll, I'll throw that out there. But how in the world is Mason Plumlee's ADP 137? We've got to give this guy some respect. Last season, he averaged 10.4 points, 9.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists, just under a steal, just under a block. He shot over 61% from the field and almost 67% from the free throw line. I think maybe what soured a lot of people is he was rested at the end of last season with the Pistons tanking. And he, I mean, I had him in just about everywhere and he cost me uh, in several leagues. I didn't have him available, but he should start for the Hornets. He should play similar minutes. Hopefully. I mean, they should be a competitive team, so there shouldn't be a resting issue. If you're getting him that late, especially a center who can provide you with assists like that. uh, I think that'd be a steal. So I'm all in on Mason Plumlee again this year. Hopefully there's no rest at the end of the year to burn me like last year. If there were a guarantee that Plumlee was playing 30 minutes per game and starting, I would be with you, Mike, but I don't think he starts. I think they go small. I I think PJ Washington starts at the five bridges, bridges or Ubre starts at the four. This is a team. I mean, with, because of the depth that they have now with, with Ubre and bridges, both on the team, I I think one of those two guys is going to start. Um, you know, there's also going to be injuries. So, you know, between Hayward, Washington, Bridges, Ubre, one of those four gets hurt, that, then Mason's going to be in the starting lineup. But I would, I personally would be surprised if he's starting on opening night. All right. I say he starts. Let's go yeah. from there. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. Regardless, I, I, I think I'm kind of almost like in between where you guys are. I think regardless of whether or not he starts, it seems like he's probably 24 to 26 minutes a game. Um, you know, and they didn't, the organization, they did, they're not the ones who signed him. They traded for him. Right. So they don't have the same sort of obligations as the Pistons did, but I mean, he was, he was a, t- he's, he was a top like one Oh five player for two straight years, um, in Portland and Denver averaging like 10, seven and three. Those are completely, he, he can do those numbers again. So, yeah, I think, I think if you're getting what you say his ADP was, yeah, like one forty, one thirty seven. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, I, you know, I can't really complain about that. I think that's a fine pick. 
Let's do um, let's do the would you rather with Mason Plumley. So I'm looking at NFBKC ADP right now, and we're gonna focus on center eligible players. So all right, you've got uh, the two center eligible players that come up right before him. 102 and 105 ADP is Horford and Gafford. Would you rather have those two or Plumley? I think I would, out of those three, I would take Horford. I think. Yeah, I would rank them. I would rank them Horford, Plumley, Gafford. Oh, you have him above Gafford. Okay, I, I just yeah. I would rank him. I would rank Plumley third among, and then among among those three, Plumley would be my third. And then right behind Plumley on NFBKC, Nerlens Noel, uh, Zubach, and yeah, we'll go with those two. They're both there. It's Plumley one hundred and seven, Nerlens one hundred and eight, and Zubach one hundred and nine. I would definitely take him over Noel, uh, and I would take him over Zubach. I think the thing that I like about Plumley the most is if if you're doing a build and say you missed out on some assists early and you need to catch him late, you can get him from Plumley there, which is not yeah. custom customary for a center that late in the draft. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'd go Plumley. Yeah, I think that's right. I think this kind of a situation can lend itself to where am I weak in my team, and if you're yeah. if you have no blocks on your team. Nerland's so well, because he's gonna get you two blocks a game, you know. Um, and yeah, if you need assist plumley. Um, okay, that covers it for our main topic. Normally we would kick it to Ken for an old man rant, but uh, as has been, I guess, the custom now for a second straight episode, something <laughs> to Mike, we're kicking it to Mike's old man rant. Well, I've always been told that I was an old man even when I was a teenager, so I think this kind of fits in well. Um, so here we go. All right. <laughs> Ah, why is pumpkin spice so popular? When I was a kid, you ate something pump, pumpkin flavored once a year. It was on Thanksgiving. You had pumpkin pie and you buried that thing under three or four inches of whipped cream just to get it down. Now they started off with this pumpkin spice stuff. First, they started it off in coffee and beer. Now, I don't drink either, so I didn't really care. I thought I'll let people have their fun. Well, not acting back then has backfired because now things have gotten out of hand. I've seen pumpkin spice Cheerios, pumpkin pie ice cream sandwiches, and even pumpkin pie Kit Kat bars for crying out loud. Now, as if spam wasn't already grotesque enough, for some odd reason, they have pumpkin spice spam. This is disgusting. What's next? Pumpkin infused burgers? Pumpkin on our pizza? The time to act is now. This has got to stop. Ah. We might be in the pumpkin spice capital of the world in Madison, Wisconsin. So oh, get rid of it. It's disgusting. <laughs> that was the first old man rant that I agreed with in ages. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. This stuff is gross. Who wants to eat a Kit Kat bar that tastes like pumpkins? It's chocolate. This is gross. Yeah, I could say I've never really considered chocolate and pumpkin together. Um well, <laughs> on that note, we will conclude the podcast. I never, the, it's always, it always feels weird to me to conclude the podcast right after someone like just screams about something and just talk it to be like, it's over now, but this is the way the show goes. Uh, I appreciate everyone joining us uh, on the Rogue Warrior Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Again, it is presented by WinBet. Uh, normally, Ken would have a quote here, uh, unless you randomly have a quote, Mike. Then we I don't. Just, no, okay. That's it. <laughs> anyway, goodbye, everybody.